version 2.0 this is dan and with me is rob hey guys it's been a frantic week for me this week dude i uh didn't do i got a little bit of helicopter st- heli helicopter stuff done this week i played with uh, my helicopters <laughs> i uh i just was actually you know i got the uh, os 50 hyper so i was kind of messing around with that on the vibe haven't really done anything with it just kind of got the motor out and took it apart and I when I get a new motor I flush everything out. I don't I don't know what you guys do, but that's what I like to do. So I did that. And um but I've been doing a lot of driving this week. I was helping a friend. We went and picked up uh four alpacas. Oh yeah. God Tina, come get your dinner. Oh the llamas. <laughs> <laughs> right. You beast. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have been around alpacas, but they stink. They stink bad. Yeah? What do they smell like? Yeah. Like wet goats? I don't know, man. They, they kind of smell like butt. Gross. Yeah, so that's pretty much all I did. I, I uh, Like I said, worked on the Vibe 50. Yeah, I'm a pretty boring dude, man. I, uh, you know, trying to survive the cold. It's been cold as crap up here. And, you know, winter is just really monotonous and boring. Yeah, it gets like that sometimes. You can't really do much about it. I mean... These cold weather areas, everybody's you know goes into hibernate mode and stuff like that. You know, I do my best to try and resist it, but it's inevitable. You know, yeah. This whole last week, every morning, I'd wake up, get ready to go to work, and it's nasty out. Everything's all covered in a layer of ice, and the windows are all frosty. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'm just going to work and leave my stuff at home. And then by midday, it's nice and calm, no wind, warm. Well, I mean, like low 40s you know high 30s is if you call that warm i guess but anyway i mean i'd fly in it you know and so all week i'm staring at the sky in the middle of the day and it's like oh i could be flying right now and then by the time i get off work it's pitch black so i can't fly so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so be whatever i spent a lot of time on the bench i guess you know working on your fusion 50 um just about got that done yeah i put the yes. electronics in there now that the uh um the other servos, the last bit that we got to get of the servos are on the way. Um, mm-hmm. uh, some of you guys might recall that I uh, busted the servo tabs off of one servo, and the gear train was fine in that one. Uh, but then I thrashed the gear train in another servo. Um, so I'm thinking, well, how do I want to go about doing this? So I need a case. We can't find a case all by itself. So we decided we'll just buy a whole servo, right? And then uh, basically what we're going to do is with that extra servo, We'll be able to put together, take the gears out of the one that has no tabs, put it in the one with the trash gears, put those gears in there, and then add this servo to the mix. We'll have three good servos again or whatever. But, uh, so, yeah, I get to get uh, uh, neck deep in the wiring again. I think I'm going to try and put it back the way I had it before because I really liked it. It was nice and stealthy and stuff. But uh, And then the only other thing we got to figure out is a receiver option. You know, I, we've got me and Dan have got a couple irons in the fire for that. But, um Dude, I got some good news about that. Oh, yeah? 
you know, beings that were, uh, you know, ultimately extremely influential in the RC Heli world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> as influential as a Guido could be in a back alley somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I got I got kind of a little help from a person that's going to kind of give us the uh, – we're going to be able to test out. Now, we got to send it back. We're not. It's not to keep, but to try out. And the number always escapes me, so I've just been calling it the ARBX receiver. ARBX. Yes, so that's what I'm going to start calling it now, the ARBX. It just sounds better. ARBX. ARBX. So, yeah, we'll be getting that probably next week. And um, like I said, we're just going to be able to try it out, um, and then we kind of do a little review on it and then send it back. Um, But in the meanwhile, what I'll do is get another one for real, so... Nice. That'll be fun. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Yeah. Be able to mess around with that for a little bit. Well, and you know, but, realistically, uh, it's not going to be anything super different. You know what I mean? But um, nah. it, it'll be fun to have on the bird. I, th- you know, I like the way it looks, and it'll be nice to, you know, to to see it all connected, and integrated, and if anything, test and make sure it doesn't uh, decide to give up the ghost for some stupid reason. You know? Yeah, that would really suck if it did that. Yeah, just out of nowhere. <laughs> Recall, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm really looking forward to to seeing it and then getting my hands on it. Of course, you know, wintertime, not not a lot of flying, so I'm not not chomping at the bits to fly it. I just kind of want to see it. I've seen pictures of it, and it was pretty at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you can uh, we'll get it back together, Dan, and then uh, when I get it back to you, and as you're walking by and get ready to go to bed, you can just go over and touch it, and stare at it, yeah. and then. Tuck it in. Soon, 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 baby. Soon. Be patient. Well, you know, speaking of winter, too, I saw there was a thread in the uh, in the BSTX forums talking about cold weather and the BSTX and is there any sort of performance impact related to that, right? And it got me mm-hmm. to thinking, you know, I know my experience and, you know, if anybody else has been listening, you guys have been listening to the show, you guys have heard me talk about flying in the wintertime and how just frigid cold it gets around here um and all of my electronics still are performing you know they perform the same way that they're supposed to perform in the summertime or whatever so i wouldn't expect anything less from the micro beast but it's going to be interesting to fly them you know this just the standard micro beast and then the 7100 r or the 7100 beast x what is it the seven ar 7000 bx a something i don't know yeah i'm hooked up arbx we'll figure it out <laughs> um, but anyway, it'll be interesting to, f- to see how that holds up in the in the cold weather, you know, and uh, get kind of a real world synopsis of, I guess, of how that uh, how that's going to pan out, you know. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine, but it'll be nice to have something like that to talk about it. You know, I think also too the this cold weather, we bitch about it a lot. I think it's going to come down to just simply getting out there and flying. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's that's all. Yeah, in fact, do. I think you know, I remember people. You know, in the south, they can't really relate to this unless they've lived in other places. But some people are like, why even go to the trouble of doing that kind of thing? But you know, I, it's a kind of for me the way I look at it. And you know, a lot you, people always talk about you know, yeah, healthy hobbies and addiction, and they joke around about this and that and stuff like that. I don't really think it's as much that as it is as a commitment. You know, it's a labor of love. I spend a lot of time and effort and brain power being involved in this hobby by choice because it makes me feel good you know i get a reward from it and you know people go ice fishing because you know they wait all winter to go ice fishing people hunt spring yeah. they hunt you know they hunt uh in the fall they hunt through the winter 
because that's what they like to do. I fly helicopters. I live in an area where it gets 40 below. I'm going to try to fly helicopters when it's 40 to below to see if I can do it, you know? The trap I've been falling into lately is uh, I just assume that it's going to be shitty, and then I'll – you know, I'll go outside at nine o'clock in the in the morning, mm-hmm. and I'll kind of go. Well, the wind's not blowing. It's actually kind of nice out, but I'm not at all prepared to go. You know oh, I mean? sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and I think I remember you telling me here right before the weather started turning that you you haven't done it yet, but you were going to issue a challenge to me to get a photo of one of my helicopters flying in the snow. Yes, I want to see the white all over the ground. And I want to see you flying the helicopter, breath coming out of your mouth, the whole nine yards, dude. Do it. Yeah. Don't be scared. I'll work on that for you. How does that sound? I am going flying tomorrow, uh, Sunday in the gym. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell them to turn the air conditioner on. Stand by that for a little while. And be like training. I'm taking the Gowie with me, dude. Yeah. All right. You going to fly that in the gym? I am. I am. Dude, I get, you should get a picture of that, just a picture of you hovering in the middle of that gym. Because you told us all about how small that gym was, and by all rights, you're not going to be able to do a lot of stuff in there. But, yeah, dude, I, I'd like to see a picture I, of you doing it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get some pictures. I am going to get some pictures of the gym tomorrow, just so you guys can kind of see yeah. how small it is. But right. uh, I think it's probably time to go into a little bit of news. Not a lot going on, but, uh, you know. We'll news. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running out of ideas. Hi guys, this is JC Zankel with uh, Team Empire coming to you from RC Heli Nation. I was talking with Burt Cameron yesterday. Check that out. That's me name dropping, by the way. Boom. That? Yeah, I just did that. So it was business. I mean, it's not like uh, it's not like I just, right you know, I just <laughs> it's not it's not like I just, you know, have conversations with these guys uh, out of the blue. I, we were actually talking business uh, about the Orlando Haley blowout. And he kind of let me in on some news that I can't tell you guys about. But I can tell you this. It's pretty exciting. It has to do with Bert. And it's going to be announced soon. And. As you all know, the Orlando Heli Blout is next weekend. Um, I'm actually going to we're, we're going to get in touch with him in the middle of the Orlando Heli Blowout. Helicopters blazing in the background. We're going to get him on the phone. He's going to tell us this exciting news for everybody to to hear, and he's also going to tell us about what's happening at the Orlando Heli Blowout. So I know that's pretty exciting. Do you? Yeah, you want me to tell you? Mm-hmm. No. Tell me. No. Tell me. You have to wait to the next show. All right, I'll wait. Pretty exciting. Uh, you know, I think it'll be, uh, I think a lot of people will be interested to hear about it. So speaking of, and it has nothing to do with goblins, by the way, but speaking of that, I happened to cross a picture of Bert Kammer's second goblin. And I didn't know this, but I guess Canomod is involved in the process somehow and now they've got they're starting to make different color schemes yeah, yeah. he has a blue he has a blue one which is kind of cool it's kind of nice cool yeah. yeah i kind of dig like for some reason it feels retro for some reason to have paint on the skids like that that's kind of cool i like that you know I, I was in the heli freak chat room tonight and i was asking the guys 
you know, what their thoughts were on the goblin. And, and I think the majority of what I'm hearing from these guys is they're just kind of getting tired of all the hype. Right. Right. You know, just get it out there and I can't have people flying. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say as I blame. And of course, you know, there, it, this is just rumor. There's no, there's no, there's no way to verify this, that any, any, I mean, I've not been able to get anybody to verify it, but you know, apparently there's a, an issue with the head design, not so much in function, but in form. Apparently, Compass is having an issue. Now, this is like I said, it's just rumor. Yeah, kind of got it off a kind of got it off of yeah, kind of got it off of a foreign uh, forum, a German forum. It was pointed out to me by somebody. Have no idea whether there's any validity to it, but apparently, what the scuttlebutt is is that that is part of the reason the, the uh, production has been held back. Dude, hey Dan, hmm. you just said scuttlebutt. Did I say scuttlebutt? You did say scuttlebutt. I don't know, man. I, I I've heard the same news. Uh, it's all about the uh, the yoke looking uh, uh, swash to grip arms that come off of the um, the grip, you know. And I think we had talked about this when we talked um, with Brian and we talked about the chaos line and stuff like that. You know what? Compass, get off your high horse. It's a good design. It's cool. You know what I mean? It does its job well. You know, I guess if they have a, some sort of a patent on it and they bust out a sheet of paper that says, we patented the yoke grip design, don't touch it, then if you want to be stuffy about it, then don't let anybody else use it. But you know what? I'd like to see other helicopters on it. Shit, I'd like to see an out-of-the-box, you know, E-flight helicopter or something that's using something like that instead of floppy ball links and a whole bunch of extra mechanics on the head and stuff like that. You guys did a great job making a more efficient design you know why not let somebody else use that design do you think that people are just going to not buy an entire compass helicopter because some other bird has the same grip yoke on it i don't think so you know that's my two cents you know you know what rob it's not often it's not often when you and i disagree on something yeah but you and i are polar opposites on this topic oh man i um here's my take and i can appreciate what you're saying but i think that if if compass has come and, and look it's no no secret. I'm not a Compass fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not I don't particularly care for Compass helicopters and that's got I mean that's a whole other story, but if they've got a design that they've put their time and effort into uh, especially kind of a revolutionary head design. Right. I I can see them wanting to protect it. I mean, um well, and here's dude, this is the uh <laughs> I think I know why we disagree here, Dan. It's the same reason why you have an iPhone and I have an Android phone. I'm all about open source, let's share the knowledge and let's make all of it better. You know, instead of drawing lines in the sand and you know, okay, I understand there's there's competition, you know, there's what helicopter has the new hotness that everybody's gonna be drawn to or something like that. Dude, a yoke grip arm is old news, man. It's old news. Mm -hmm. It's one facet of the entire helicopter. They didn't sell all those helicopters because of a picture of the yoke. You know what I mean? That's not why they sell. That's not why Compass sells as many helicopters as they do. They sell as many helicopters as they do because of the videos of people beating the piss out of them, and because of the power that they have in them, and the overall design. You know, same yeah. reason why any, anybody else buys a helicopter that ends up performing well. Anybody that would go out out there, any consumer that would go out there and buy a helicopter because of one part, either has their head up their ass, or nobody's explained to them what to look for in a good helicopter. You know, that's how I look at it. 
aside from intellectual property rights, I understand all that, and that all has to get taken care of or whatever. But, I mean, if – I don't know. They should just – Well, he, dude, I don't know if you paid close attention to uh, – I'm sure you've looked in on it, uh, the listener's corner there on Heli Freak. I kind of got into a bit of a discussion, very civil, nice, excellent discussion with uh, a user, uh, Exo Flyer. If from memory, I'm totally going from memory here, guys, so I may have the name wrong. But, you know, he kind of was asking me about that, you know, because we had Brian on last week with the Chaos Line. And this is where – this is where I get real wishy-washy on this subject, and I'm, you know, I don't really know why, but I, I understand Compass's standpoint, but at the same time, I seem to be okay with with uh, w- what people would consider a clone T-Rex, and I I understand that those are completely, they're you know, completely conflicting views. Yeah. Yeah, it's like why would you be okay with one and not the other? And you know what, guys, I don't have an answer for that. It's just I think, my gut feeling. Dude, these are two different things, though. I mean, this is. Goblin's obviously not trying to clone a Compass helicopter, you know what I mean? And the whole comment that some people – there was a thread out there, is this just a cheap man's, a poor man's hen slit? You know, all, you know these are all unfounded claims, I think. But um, you know, the thing about the grip arms, I understand that's an intellectual property rights thing. And you know, so it's you – know, I could understand there could be a difference with that. You know, And I, for one, I think it's – Yeah, and you know, I got to tell you. At my basic foundation, I'm not okay with clone helicopters. I mean, and and, and you know, look, it, it kind of goes both ways. You know, if you take a look at the close, if you take a close look at the first T-Rexes that came out, spitting carbon copies of of, of Raptors. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah, just smaller I mean, ones. Mm-hmm. Talking about when they came out with the 450, the old. Uh... Yeah, the old gray plastic one with the mechanical mix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking a long, long time ago. But see, you know, send the hate mail to me, I guess, and I can understand the frustration. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to – it's not going to affect my world if, if if Goblin SAB comes out with a head design that's, that looks a lot like a compass head design, frankly. Hey. Frankly, I don't really care. But, I, I, again, I understand where Compass might get a little uptight about it. But sure, that's sure. Kind of, been seeing quite a bit of talk about the new OS 105. I saw some video of Bert flying one, and I saw some video of Bobby Watts flying some. To have significantly more power than a 90, maybe not like a leaps and bounds, but I mean, are we are we pulling harder and all that stuff is supposed to do? Granted, you know, that's, here's yeah. me talking as an electric guy, so I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. With I think I, you know, I think so, and I think uh, you know the only issue that really, as from what limited information, of course, we'll we'll kind of grind Bobby Watts over with the old 105 stuff, but uh, when he comes on the show, but. I think basically what it's kind of coming down to, the big question that people are asking is fuel consumption. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> especially now with the with the advancement of LiPos and, and all these E90s coming out, uh, it's going to be hard to compete with. I mean, if, if you're getting a shit ton of power with an OS-105 or a YS-120, but your flight times are dramatically reduced, then you, the benefit of having the fuel... The, the nitro power is is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah your your flights per gallon goes down. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you're 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 walking the same line as a you know a four minute flight with a four and a half minute flight with a lipo or a four and a half minute flight with a mm-hmm. with a nitrate. And as we you know as we've talked to these various guys, Colin Bell and all these guys, we all understand that you know when they're just practicing, generally they're flying the nitros just because of the flight times. But when they're competing, the wow factor of the electric is kind of where it's at for them. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, did you see the 
you know, I hate to keep going back to the Black Friday stuff, but apparently, I think it was Experience RC was selling the, come on, Crooked Head, go somewhere. You always do this when we start to record. <laughs> I think it was Experience RC was selling the Outrage 90 uh, for like $550. Oh, the Outrage yeah. Velocity 90. Yeah, the Velocity 90. Oh, got it. Really? That's cheap. Nice. Yeah, That's that just the kit then, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. just the kit. You know, I don't think we went into it in too great a detail last week, but I just got to reiterate what a bummer. I mean, it was just kind of a bleak Black Friday. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh... I mean, in, in comparison to the years prior, it was just really kind of a no big deal type thing. So. Yeah, it was a testament to my want to be greedy and inability to do so. Exactly. J.C. Zinkel, you remember him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's one of my boys. You know, there's something there's something unnatural about the spelling of his name. Shouldn't there be an E at the end of that? It's like Chardé, you know, Sadie. <laughs> it's a little different. Uh, for those of you who don't know, J.C. Zankel, uh, he works for Team Empire, and he also is a Gowie-sponsored pilot. Been touting that X7 for quite some time, and uh, just one hell of a good guy. I mean, he really is easy to joke around with, and... Uh, we just had a great time talking to him. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and play that interview now, and we will be right back. Cue the interview. This is Bert Kammerer. You're listening to RC Heli Nation. I did get a Gowie X5. Yeah. How are you liking it? Uh I've had better. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I really like it. In fact, uh, I'm kind of hoping that uh, I get my hands on an X7 here pretty soon. Uh, they're going to be available in uh, February, dude, so uh, not uh, too far off. First it was Christmas. Now it's February. Pretty soon it's going to be March. Oh, well, you know, uh, those, <laughs> yeah. those things. I just can't. It's, it's, you know, we've been working really hard on it. Um Trying, trying to make it so that everybody can fly it. Um, at first, the first one we got was um, they needed some help. Um, yeah. The frame really hasn't changed all that much uh, since since the first one. Um, the the rotor head's a little beefier. Mine is still pre-production right now, so I don't have like the newest set of frames. Uh, but they haven't changed that much. If anything's changed on the frames at all. It's been they've cut lighting holes in them, or they've changed a, a couple uh, pieces from carbon to aluminum, uh, stiffening plates on the side. Sure. Um, so the, the 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 bare airframe really hasn't changed that much uh, from the first one we got back in June of this year. The thing that's really been the difference between the two models has been the tail case. Um, we had an open tail case, and now we have a single piece tail case. And basically the the rotor head, like I said, it, it's been beefed up. Yeah, I um, saw that. That thing's massive. Looks good. It'll it'll take a pounding, man. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's uh, it's flying really well right now. Yeah. Well, before we get too far into the X7, let's uh, let's kind of for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with with you, why don't you kind of give us a a rundown of you know where you're at in the hobby right now, how you got your start, and you know who you're flying for and working for and all that good stuff. Just kind of give us a lowdown of that stuff absolutely um you know i got my start back in 1988 <laughs> man um 
flying a cricket, three years old. Uh, my dad, um, he was, he's the one who got me involved. Um, wait, we, wait, 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 wait. You were three years old in 1988? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Makes you feel good about your age, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just about ready to graduate high school in 1988. Oh, nice, nice. You old fart. Uh-huh. Dan, you're old mm-hmm. as shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm farting dust and pissing rust. Hey, there you go, man. As long as it still works, that's all that matters. <laughs> but no, so anyway, you're, you're three years old flying a cricket. Yep. Um, I actually had the helicopter when I was born. Um, but uh, at three years old, my dad would take me out in the front yard, and he would bend over me in the transmitter in my hands. You know, that's that's where I got my start. It's uh, It's been all uh, all or nothing from there. Um, never looked back. Dude, that's that's pretty cool, JC. You know, I, I've got a, a young boy. He's five. I got a daughter. She's three. And I'm interested in trying to figure out how to create a bond with me and my Simon, you know, to have something that we can do together, you know, as he grows and stuff like that. And this, I think this hobby is a great way to do that, you know. And I guess I haven't really broached the subject as I haven't gone all out like your dad did, you know. I guess I haven't handed him my controller yet. but <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, – I'm sure it was entertaining. Um, you know, I don't <laughs> – I don't remember a whole lot from there, but uh, I can remember one time we were out flying the cricket in the front yard, and on the left there was a tree, and uh, on the cricket there's a teetering pin uh, on the head block, and that sucker would break, and when it broke, that thing practically became uncontrollable, um, <laughs> and we hit that freaking tree, and that was uh, that was pretty hilarious. That was my first memory of, uh, of actually trying to fly that, <laughs> that cricket. So Funny. So, in the context of a young JC, was it just helicopters, or did you have other RC interests as well? No, I started out on helicopters. I did not actually start flying airplanes until I was, uh, let's see, probably 15 or 16. So, okay. yeah, it, 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 it's always been helicopters for me. I do airplanes primarily just to, to tinker. Yeah, I kind of, I'm the same way with, uh, with airplanes. They're fun to mess with, but uh, when it comes down to you know, pure enjoyment of the hobby. For me, it's it's helicopters. There's just no question. You know, there's just some stuff that you can't do with uh, with an airplane that you can with a helicopter. It's it's uh, it's more challenging to me, even though I suck at flying airplanes. Uh, it's it, there's always something new uh, coming out with helicopters as far as you know, new maneuvers, new helicopters. Airplanes are kind of you know almost the same old stuff all the time. You know. Yeah. yeah. So, so as you get older, you're flying helicopters. Did you get sponsored at a fairly young age? Um, when I got sponsored, I think I was probably 16, maybe 17. I started out. My first sponsor was actually um, PHI, um, who actually bought out the rights to GMP um, oh. under under Cam Wyatt, and um, they were the first to to pick me up. Um, I spent uh, a couple years with them. Um, when uh, Thunder Tiger started becoming popular, um, the guy by the name of Greg Sawyer um, worked for Thunder Tiger at the time, and uh, he came to me and said, hey, you know, we really like what you could do. In my time in between PHI and Thunder Tiger, I was learning how to do this stuff on my own. I really didn't have anybody to, to teach me how to set up a helicopter properly. We could set one up for hovering. But it took the, uh, a guy by the name of Doblin Harward to sit me down at Urcha in 2001, I believe. He went through the entire machine with me, spent pretty much all day telling me why uh, certain things work the way they do, and then went out and 
I had I had played a little bit on the simulator and went out and did a flight and he's like, you know, me and me and Greg, we need to talk to you right now because I had never flown 3D in real life. So when when that came about, that's where I got my first real big start with uh, with Thunder Tiger. Yeah. So let me ask you this: You're 16 years old. You're a sponsored pilot. You're kind of, you know, flying helicopters. So you're at school. Is telling girls that you're a essentially a pro <laughs> RC is that a panty dropper? Does that does that drop panties I, for you? Or? I can't say that it uh, it worked all the time, but yeah, I, I, there was a few. <laughs> no kidding. Must have been something besides the RC helicopter part. You must have had some other line that you're not telling us because maybe you know I don't our, know. <laughs> in our experience, in our experience, telling girls that you play with toys really is a turnoff. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they play with toys, too. They just don't tell everybody. Yeah, Ooh. there you go. Ooh. Toys with toys. <laughs> <laughs> that anyway. is true. But they, and some of their toys actually rotate, probably. They do, yeah. I'm sure they're, uh, you know, 15,000, no, no. 13,000 uh, RPM devices, you know. <laughs> there's a there's a bad vibration problem with them, though. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> absolutely. Something's not around there. Yeah. All right, this is, this is starting to degradate. So we... <laughs> You, you, you find yourself out and about. You're at Urchi. You learn about helicopters, and and it just explodes from there, right? I mean, things just start happening left and right. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, you know, we get a lot of questions. You know, how can I be a sponsored pilot? That kind of, you know, for 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 myself, it's it's I was in the right place at the right time. There was really no nothing there. Uh, just being in the right place at the right time, and yeah, everything from from the Thunder Tiger point on really took off uh the next year was was my first u.s nationals i placed second in class two i believe it was which was really cool alan zabo uh he actually helped me because uh, when i showed up to the nats he was already there but uh that was really my first time meeting him and uh i'm like hey you know uh you did this last year he's like yeah and uh from that point on He's like, well, let me see how how you're working on your on your maneuvers. So I went out and I was hovering. He's like, dude, you're doing this all wrong. And I'm like, oh, you gotta be freaking kidding me. So uh, from that point on, you know, the U.S. Nationals, I think I I never really fell out of the the the, the top ten. I don't think uh, I think my lowest uh, placing in the in the Nats was seventh. So it it was fun. I wish I could get back to doing that. That uh, uh, you know, 3D is hard, but uh, to to park that helicopter in one spot over a cone is really difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I've always been interested in like uh, F3C and FAI kind of stuff. I, I'm intrigued by it all, and you know, just just in my normal everyday, you know, trying to practice and grow. You know, I'll get up in the air and I'll go off and I'll be doing whatever I'm doing, and then I'll come in and just hover in front of me. And I'll actually come in with the intention, okay, I'm just going to park it here, identify something on the ground and park it there. And I'll sit there for about 30 seconds. I'm like, you know what, I got I to gotta just move, and then I got to just fly away, you know. And so I don't spend enough time doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah it's it's really hard. I mean, the discipline involved in, in that kind of stuff is, is really, really high. I mean, you, you have to be uh, really into it to, to be doing that kind of stuff. Let me get your impression on this. Uh, you know, today there's a lot of young pilots out there that are just doing amazing things. And for those guys that are kind of thinking that maybe they want to pursue that sponsorship route, I mean, the level of competition out there is just absolutely intense. Do you think that a today, uh, by today's standard, a pilot that wants to get sponsored just has to be that much more talented to get that? Or For us, Team Empire in general – 
we don't look at the pilot as a pilot. We look at the pilot as a character because, yeah. you know, we want we want um, people that are, are good at communicating. It's not about the pilot. If you're a good pilot, that's a benefit, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But what we really need is is somebody that can uh, contribute to the hobby, contribute to other other people in the hobby, and yeah. n- don't discriminate. You know, well, if you fly a line, we're not going to help you. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't want any of that. Uh, and, and if you end up being a good pilot, that's that's a bonus for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. and JC, you know, like it's uh, you, you know, I had a good long conversation with Jack when we started the field rep program, and that was what that's all about. You know, and that's part of the reason why I was enthusiastic about, you know, becoming involved from a field rep perspective was exactly the same thing you described there. You know, it's 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 about more than just, you know, how much mojo do I got under my helicopter? You know what I mean? Right. Right. So I think I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of good pilots out there. And, um, you know, the the wave of freaking video games, man, that's uh, that's that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, these (laughs) these young kids. You know, when I started at three, there was no video games. It was all go out and build your own radio tray and, and everything else. So, right. um, you know, the this is, uh, you know, it's come a long way in a really short period of time. I mean, these kids are, uh, these kids are nuts, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, and you know, so, hey, oh, wait, I didn't mean to I didn't cut through here. Uh, JC, we've got Callum Vickers. Uh, he's in the call, too. Um, so, hey, Callum. What's up, man? It's Callum. Callum on the Internet. <laughs> Caleb. <laughs> Caleb. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, you know, you're right. There are a, a lot of good young pilots out there. But, you know, I think the negative side to the expansion of the hobby is the the civility in the hobby itself. I mean, you see the backbiting on the forums. I think it's reality. I think it exists. I think there's a lot of egos out there. What Do you, do you, think, do you agree with that or disagree with that? Um, unfortunately, I agree with that. You know, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know why, you know, the, the, the hobby is such a, um, a small industry and, uh, we like to call it the little biggest industry because yeah. there's so much, um, it's dense politics. Yeah. I mean, um, if you, if you fart the wrong way, somebody knows about it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, look, look, I think part of that is that, uh, those of us who are in the hobby are so passionate about the hobby that sometimes keeping those, you know, the, the civilness of it is sometimes hard for a few people to do. And that really makes kind of puts us, it's kind of a sour apple in the, in the bunch, so to speak. Uh, yeah, I'd like, absolutely. I, I'd like to think that there are a ton more awesome, nice guys. And we meet them all the time on this show, talking to, with various pros, various just regular everyday flyers. There's a ton of them out there, but I think uh, the problem is, is sometimes these bad apples just outshine the good. Yeah. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is, is, is instead of calling, you know, like the manufacturer and saying, "Hey, I've got a problem with such and such product," um, people run right to the forums and just start, you know, bad mouthing it right off the get go. Instead of trying to to uh, fix the problem. You know, I, I I think you know the internet's great for for our hobby, but it it, it also uh, puts the key keyboard warriors uh, in in uh, in play as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, it takes the filter away, and and I totally agree with that too. It's you know, and I think that um, um, frankly, there's uh, 
on some level, it seems like there's a reduction in the amount of tact that will occur when somebody gets upset about something. Absolutely. You know, I think we've all been frustrated. I don't know. I mean, I've had plenty of times sitting on the bench, just pissed off because I'm trying to fix something, and then I lose a part under the thing. Or I'm outside, and I've crashed for the third time because of the same part failure or something, whether it was something I did wrong or something that was defective. Right. Um, but there's a difference between being upset with that and trying to come up with a solution than being upset with that and bitching and moaning to anybody that'll listen. You know, right? That's right. bad form. I think that's that's bad form. You know, well, we're all adults here. You know, yeah. Well, let's let's move on from that topic. I mean, it's kind of a beating a dead horse type thing. You mentioned earlier that you're involved with uh, Team Empire. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us a little. Tell us a little bit about you know what's going on there and and what what your involvement is with with Team Empire. Uh, Team Empire for me is also my job. I work for for Empire Hobby here in Arizona. Yeah, I mean it's it's awesome. We we have a great time. Basically, my involvement with the team is normally uh, I am the first person to see the product in the U.S. Once uh, once it once I see it, like with the first X7, we we only got one, so I spent uh, a good three or four weeks with it. And then we were supposed to uh, send that to other team members uh, before before XFC. So basically, I'm the tech guy at at Empire. Uh, so when you call Empire Hobby for Gowie customer service or Hyperion customer service, you're going to be talking to me ninety five percent of the time, anyway. Keep that train of thought. But I just need to interject one thing. Rob and I have a name for guys like you that live in warm weather areas like that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we call you guys the warm, the warm weather dicks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, man, I'll, I moved, I moved from Indiana, um, so. Uh, so you're no stranger. You're no stranger to the Long Johns. Call, call me what you will, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was 71 degrees today. <laughs> oh, go oh, to hell! Just go uh, to hell. I thought I was gonna like you, JC, but I just don't think I do. <laughs> That's a ballbuster. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we talked a little bit about the X7 a little bit earlier, and, you know, Rob is, is kind of biting at the bit to get one. I am as well. I know that the, you know, we mentioned that the release date has been pushed back a little bit. Is Did you find a problem with the kit, or are, you just, are there just little changes that are being made to the final revision? Little changes here and there. Um, once, you know, like like we said, we, we get so many parts uh, from, from Galley, and... What it what it comes down to is, like I said, we get so many parts, but you know my flying style is different from Mitch Morose's flying style. Mitch Morose's flying style is different from Al Austria's flying style, who's different from Andy uh, Andy P's uh, flying style. So we kind of have the full full spectrum of of pilots as far as you know. We got the aggressive pilot in Mitch. Um, you know, Al Austria is very technical, puts the machine through really hard maneuvers. Um, and myself, you know, I do what I can. But we we just want to be able to make sure that if, um, you know, a guy who is moving up from, you know, a 500-class helicopter is going to be able to to fly the X-7 like, uh, like anybody should be able to. Sure, yeah, sure. We also wanted to make sure that it set the same precedence that the X5 did. You know, when the X5 first came out, turning that kind of head speed on a on a on a 500 class helicopter was almost unheard of. Yeah. Uh, so Gowie was kind of 
the forerunner of, of turning really high head speeds on, on helicopters that were virtually not doing that. You know, we've had the X-7 up to 2650. <laughs> oh. um, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we've tried to grenade it. Uh, 2650 head speed pulling 17.7 degrees top and bottom pitch. Oh, my God. Uh, the helicopter did not bog at all. If you want to check the video, it's on there from uh, Louisiana. It was under the lights. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. I watched that video, JC, and I tell you what, if I didn't read anything about the video and I just watched it, it's easy to kind of because it's at night, you can kind of lose track of items that you can look at to identify how big the helicopter is. If yeah. I didn't know any better and I was watching in the middle of the video, I would think that was a hot 450 or something. I mean, that thing was all over the place. It, mm-hmm. it yeah. was it was definitely cranking. I mean, it was mm-hmm. uh, one of those go big or go home things. <laughs> and 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 it it uh, you know we we backed the head speed down. I just wanted a, a feel for what we could we could do with that model. And uh, you know, it held together. I've flown it a couple times since then with that head speed. It's it's ballistic, man. It's really cool to fly, but that's. Obviously not the the recommended head speed for right. that model. Right. <laughs> well, and- JC, how deep is your involvement with Gowie in general? I am a, a factory team pilot. A lot of our our work, um, you know, for for the U.S. guys, because every country is different as far as flying styles. You know, it's said that you know you send it to the USA, we're just going to tear it up. You know, mm-hmm. if it can go that fast, we're going to push it that fast. So that's kind of what what we have done. We've tested a bunch of different motors in the X7, and um, you know, like I said, we we want to be able to turn it really fast. So that's kind of hopefully what what we've designed the helicopter to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, and, and another another thing too, because I, I know, you know, there's always a trade off between head speed and flight time and stuff. And if I'm not mistaken, some of the preliminary, some of the early contestants, I guess, if you will, for the what's going to become the motor and the kit. Frankly, just wasn't giving you guys what you were looking for. Really short flight times, and it just wasn't cutting the muscle. Yeah, we we were not getting. Um, we were getting. It's actually quite reversed. We were getting great flight times, okay. um, but not really any head speed uh, for the motors that we originally tested. Um, you know, I think France uh, they got a different motor over there, and um, that the rules might have been reversed. But I don't think we got the same motors that they did. Um, so for us. Uh, I think I was getting like six minutes on on a uh, on a different motor. I don't remember at this point which one it was, but yeah. uh, I was getting six minutes. But the the helicopter was kind of a dud at that point. Oh sure, sure. Boy, Sam must have got the hot motor then because he won uh, Paris 3D Cup with his uh, with his X7. I think it was yeah, 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 yeah. You know, let's. It doesn't. You don't. You haven't had to have been in the hobby long to realize. Just a few short years ago, Gowie really didn't have a very good reputation. And, um, you know, there were there was a lot of people that just thought that it was a low-quality product and they didn't put a lot of time into it. And it, obviously that's yeah. changed. There's been a lot of big names involved with the X5 project. Uh, Bobby Watts was involved with it. Zabo was involved with it. Did, did Gowie decide just to join the future? What made that change happen? Because obvious, obviously, you know, they hit a home run with the X5. It's a, it's a fantastic machine. Absolutely. Uh, we knew... Um... You know the the 425 being being a great helicopter, it, it really is. But we needed a race car, um, yeah. and and the X5 was our race car. You know the people that that contributed to the X5 really did an outstanding job. And Jack at Empire Hobby, you know the guy works tirelessly 
all the time. And, yeah, I don't uh, think that guy sleeps. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, I live here and I don't see him all that often. So, uh, <laughs> it, it, I mean, he's always doing something. He's got his hands in, in a lot of stuff, but you know, when, when Gowie came out with the X5, the, the helicopter just was, was mind, mind blowing. Yeah. yeah it, it literally, it literally, I guess in my eyes, from my perspective, uh, you know, talking with people who had had Gowies in the past, it literally put. Not that Gowie wasn't on the map. We all heard of the Gowie, but it literally brought Gowie into the forefront, into a you know, kind of a competitive. Absolutely, and that's why we did. Uh, you know, we wanted the X7 to precede the the X5 reputation. You know, we got really really high reviews on on the X5. Everybody that's flown it is like, uh, you know, I need one of these things. It, it'll take whatever you throw at it. It's just it's just a, a hoss. Yeah, it definitely is. Yep. Well, and, you know, I had a good conversation with Jack for a little while, and, you know, with, with this X7 being the flagship here, and, you know, I, we hear this all the time if, you know, once the general public catches wind of a new helicopter, they're like, so when's it going to be out? When's it coming Absolutely. out? When's it coming yep. out? Well, you said it was going to be out already. Why isn't it here? Yep. You know, but they don't understand the big picture, you know. there There's no sense in, in putting a bird out early and then having to do version 2 bevel gears or or version two tailbox, or version two this or that. You know, let's replace these parts as you go, right? And you know, I've seen other manufacturers do that. And you know, I've been JC. I've been involved. Gow. I've been involved with Gowie as far as just just from a consumer perspective. Basically, the whole time I've been in the hobby. You know, that's that's cool. You know, and uh, and this is this is back before X5 was prototype. You know, I you know I got to I got to hear the stories as they happened of uh, Bobby Watts and um, oh I forget who else it was. Basically taking a, uh, uh, a carbon fiber Gowie 550 and a hacksaw and a big main gear off of another helicopter, mashing it together and handing it to the guys over in Taiwan and saying, "This is what I want, you know, yeah. make this." Yeah, absolutely. Right, absolutely. That the, that that spark that started the X5, right? By all rights, when when uh, uh, the folks upstairs started to mention that that here comes this new bird, just like I've seen Gowie do for for just about everything that they put out. They keep their the, – the people that appreciate their products, they keep them in the loop early and ongoing. I mean I, I – the Galley 200, God bless that thing. I love that helicopter, but it's so tinkery and little. And there's <laughs> – I'm sure you know, JC, there's been all kinds of revisions to that thing, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and the reason why – and this is something – and maybe it's just because I, I don't – you know, I'm not flying neck deep in another manufacturer, but I haven't seen another manufacturer – be so quick to actually listen to their customer base and make those improvements directly related to what their customers are telling them. Right? Absolutely. You know, when we had um, when when we got the the fly barless X5s in, we we obviously had the fly barless blades. Yeah. Um. And and we had a problem with them, and it took Gowie literally like 20 minutes to say, you know what, get them all back. We we want them all back right now. Yeah. Um. And th- and that's that to me is important. So sure yeah, is. I mean they're they're willing to listen. And uh, I think for for any manufacturer to succeed, uh, not only listen to their pilots, but listen to the public as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's one of the reasons why I keep flying a helicopter. Well, and, you know, I think another thing, too, uh, we talk about – Dan, you had talked about how it seems like that which has been there for a long time all of a sudden becomes visible to everybody, right, Mm -hmm. with X5 and all this stuff. I haven't got to go to Urcha, but I – I spend a fair amount of time paying attention to that event because one of these days, well, Dan, you know, Callum, you, we're all going to be going next year, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think it was a it was a very 
it was a very good thing for Gowie and Empire Hobby to start sponsoring with, uh, you know, Urcha and actually getting around and, and just making that, you know, making those contributions, you know, out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a good thing. I, I've got a Gowie myself. I've got a Gowie 255, and I've had that for almost a year, and I must admit, <laughs> that's always fun to beat, <laughs> to beat the crap out of. Yeah, it's like a mosquito on crack. Yeah. Yeah, the the 255, man, that thing, um, you know, that's another one of Gowie's oddball helicopters. You know, it it, it uh, it's not anything of any other size, but it flies so well. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it'll it'll spank a, a a Gowie 200 any day, but uh, you know, that's that's kind of the thing. We we all knew that um, other 200 size models, you know, they they just they weren't right you know we the power to weight ratio wasn't there and you know the 255 obviously has all those all those things working for it so i mean not only that it's a strong little bird as well i mean there's been times where i've flown it into into a tree and flown it out of a tree and it's like still flying (laughs) absolutely absolutely jc you've been pretty busy this year i understand you've been doing a lot of traveling kind of you know showing the x7 off quite a bit this year huh Absolutely, yeah. We've we've hit a we've hit a lot of fun flies. It's it's been fun for sure. I actually saw is that is that uh, the Starship Enterprise landing in your backyard there? I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually saw I saw an interview with you with one of uh, you know a good friend of our show, uh, Pigeon. And uh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so hard 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 hitting question here. Did Pinion did he pee on your shoe when it was all said and done? He was excited. I could say that much. Um, was he really? Oh, opinion was excited. <laughs> uh, but no, he did. He did not pee on my shoes. Okay, that's good to hear. So, um, what's coming up? What What do you got? Uh, fun fly. You gonna You gonna be in Orlando? Yeah, we got. Uh, we got Orlando coming up. Uh, I think next week actually. So that's coming up pretty quick. Um, and then uh, our our summertime is your guys' winter time. So everything starts kicking off here uh, here in Arizona. Um, pretty quick, we've got um, um, the Arizona Electric Fest coming up, which is uh, one that we're going to be a part of again this year. And then not only do we do uh, fun flies, we do trade shows as well uh, for Empire. So I get to travel a lot, and uh, you know it never stops. So uh, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So I, I actually was talking to uh, your auto rotation nemesis tonight, Raja Borkash. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He uh he wanted me to give you a little hell. He uh, uh it turns out you beat him a couple years ago, but he's beat you the last few years. Is that how that's worked out? Actually, he beat me this year, um, but I was the champion two years running. So um, yeah, he told me to was, tell you to look out. He's coming look out. out. Hey man, um, that's awesome. Yeah, you're trying <laughs> to get the title back. Maybe, maybe one of these days I'll use my own freaking helicopter. <laughs> I've, always, I've always crashed all my stuff, so I've had to borrow other people's machines. <laughs> I saw some pretty long-ass dottos of yours uh, from last year's Urcha, man. You can make that thing. It was on the X5, and I couldn't believe how long you are making that thing float, man. Yeah, that was uh, that was probably one of the first autos I had done with that machine, so I wasn't sure <laughs> yeah. how it was going to turn out. Yeah, so I got a question for you, and I know we uh, – we we try to ask this every time we have a, a a pilot on the show, pro pilot on the show, and we seem to get fairly consistent answers. But I thought I'd ask you, um, when you're out there flying, what's going through your head at the time? Uh, you know, I uh, just 
having fun, really. Yeah. Okay. That's. I mean, so, that seems just about everybody we talk to says just about the same thing. Really, not much yeah. anything. You know. Yeah, we just. You know, you're going out there, uh, and, and unless you're doing competitions, you're you're not really too worried about being focused. Um, you know, you obviously have to have some kind of focus going on. But uh, you know, when I'm out there, we're I'm usually holding conversations with people, so <laughs> there's really not a whole lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, technical wise going on so when do you get a chance to work on your routines i mean you know because a lot of these guys in the winter uh, you know they spend a lot of time on the sim you know trying to figure out their their music mixes and kind of what the routine's going to be i mean you seem like you've been pretty busy and are continue to be pretty busy when do you get a chance to work on that kind of stuff you know i i really don't when i went to i hobby i didn't even have music uh we just picked something and uh that's what we flew to so you know, I really, I really don't ever uh, practice to music at all. Wow. Speaking of iHobby, I saw that clip of you. Uh, was that you? that was flying the, the X7 in that. Uh, oh no, no, that no, no, no. That, that was that was Mitch. <laughs> that was Mitch. Yeah. That was did Mitch. They, did they put you up to that or what? They're like, come on, you gotta fly they, it. In. They, um, we kind of had a feeling that that was gonna happen going yeah. into the deal. <laughs> right. Um, you got Andy on the mic, and he's like. We've we've got to show this thing, and the owners of Gowie are there, so obviously we can't look like a bunch of pansies, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> so right. so we're like, oh, let's let's do it. But uh, you know, we had safety nets, and we uh, we we took it very easy. I know that's hard to believe with a ninety size machine indoors, but uh, you know, Mitch <laughs> Mitch is a great pilot. I have the the most confidence in him. So yeah, he kept it in the box pretty well. I if that was me, I I'd be done. I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna go. Uh, there would be now. there would be no there would be no beams in the middle of that if I was flying so <laughs> right <laughs> I would have taken them out so so I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about your your personal technical uh, your setup on your helicopter now you know we talked to uh, Colin Bell and it, his his reply was kind of like well you know I don't really use uh, uh, I don't really measure anything I just kind of take it out and I figure I'm going to be tweaking it while I'm flying while I'm you know, breaking it in. So I just kind of go from there. When you're setting up a helicopter from scratch, are, are you real precise about where you're putting things or you just kind of go out and see how it feels and make changes from there? No, because in, in my experiences, um, I don't, I don't use a pitch gauge. Um, I really don't use calipers that often. The only time I do is to make sure that uh, all the linkages are the same where they end up from, from that point is all after I've, I've already got it flown a couple times. And, uh, um, when I do my pitch, uh, my pitch range, it's all eyeballed and then I'll go out, do a full power climb out, judge how fast it's climbing from there, roll it inverted, do the same thing and try to get the speeds to match. Um, and then from that point, uh, if I don't see that I've got enough pitch, I'll go in and increase the pitch a little bit and, uh, until it feels about right. Yeah. That seems kind of common. You know, I, I don't know. I, oh God, I went for the longest time on the bench with my helicopters, just, could be almost for hours sometimes it felt like just with my eyes like five inches away from the pitch gauge just forever just <laughs> yeah. up and down and up and down and just tweaking it and just pulling my hair out thinking did i get this set up right and you know after a while at some point i just hit this point where you, you know i'm just gonna go fly it and feel it then i started doing like your stand up i'll do a punch out bring it back yeah flip it over do a punch out does that feel the same nah does it does it feel like it's loading up a little too much? Yeah, a little bit. Let's turn it, you know, let's turn it in a little bit, you know. And that was right. what I would do. I could even tell you 
where I'm at for a cyclic and collective pitch right now in my helicopter. Yeah, I mean, you know? the only reason the only reason I know that that thing was pulling 17.7 is because the roommate's like, dude, that thing was ballistic. What are you pulling? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I just I increased everything to to what I wanted yeah. it to, and uh, and flew it. And he's like, well, we got to check it. So he put the pitch gauge on it, and I was I couldn't believe it. And I was like, yeah. really? Uh, but it, it was, it was cool, man. It, it, uh, it, that's, that's kind of my setup. You know, I don't, um, I don't always read the manual cause I like to find out firsthand, um, what makes something tick. Oh, sure. Um, um, you know, when, when, uh, when we got the X sevens, obviously there was no manual. Um, yeah. so we, we put it together and, you know, I'm kind of a tinker. So I like to I like to mess around with uh, with the product and you know the the micro beast uh, is right now my fly barless of choice just because it's so simple uh, to set up you know that's 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 cool to me I like to be a tinker as far as mechanics go but as far as electronics go you know the V bar to me is a little too complicated uh, for for my taste you know great great fly barless unit but uh, for me I. I I like to just be able to make those changes on the module itself. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. That's why that's why I'm flying all Beast Techs on mine too. Yeah, and and again, that's the you know I'm flying a Beast Tech because Rob held me down and forced the Kool Aid in. So you yeah, know, I'm yep. flying. Well, I, so, sometimes that has to happen. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to get out the turkey baster and go to town. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Sometimes you don't know unless you're forced. So when you show up at a competition, now I'm talking competition, not demo. Mm-hmm. Is there any one guy that you think to yourself, "I this is the guy. This is the guy that I have to fly better than to do well here." I mean, or does that change on a regular basis? Or is you know, I know you, know, you guys. You guys are all friends. I get that, but is there's friendly rivalry there? Is there a guy out there that is you consider your friendly rival? You know, they're all so good, and they all bring something to the table. You know, it's hard to go out and say, you know, this guy's going to win it all this year. There's just too many variables to go into. But, no, they're they're all good pilots. And, I mean, to be the best, you got to beat the best, and that's uh, that's that's what's fun about it. The, the talent is just amazing to watch you guys fly. It's just uh, it's a pleasure. You know, I up here in Montana, we don't get a lot of fun flies, and I was able to – to watch a couple pros fly at uh, heli pros last july and man you know it's one thing to watch it on youtube you know like it's pretty boring to me pretty fast sure sure but to get out there and watch it happen up close and personal it's a whole another ball game oh yeah absolutely and and that was kind of kind of the funny thing about that the pinion video uh is in the background you can hear him say holy crap you're gonna blow the hat off pinion uh in in the <laughs> 1x7 video and it was you know it wasn't windy out that evening. It was just, it was throwing that much air. And sometimes, you know, to, to see it on YouTube and to be there in real life is, is totally different. Yeah. It's, it's way different. I went to a fun fly last spring and uh, my buddy Dave up North, he, he owns a shop and he's always, he, he's been going to this fun fly too. So we meet up, you know, um, and I was spotting for him while he's flying his T-Rex 700. And, and I've seen, you know, I've, I've been to these fun flies, you know, a few other times, you know, but, He's one of those up close and personal kind of guys, you know. He's he's a really good pilot and he could fly it low and, and fast. And so he he would come in and be doing like aileron TikToks or something and get close and then punch it out from it and just this huge column of air just poof pushes over it. And just, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When you're doing it with an X5, it's one thing, but uh, the the 700 <laughs> stuff is scary. <laughs> yeah, 
So is there any one event this coming up, uh, 2012 calendar, that you're looking forward to? Or are you just kind of looking uh, forward to all of them? You know, they they are all fun. Um, I look forward to every one of them. Every one of them brings, uh, you know, something different to the table. Obviously, Urcha. Yeah. Um, you know, that that is one that should not be missed. Uh, that is the, the mecca of, of heli events. Um, you know, with... Uh, with that being said, there's a lot of good ones, man. Um, you know the the one the one that I I have gone to since the inception is the Cajun Heli Fest down in Louisiana. Um, awesome, awesome group of guys. Uh, great food, great atmosphere, a lot of fun. Um, and then the one in West Monroe, Louisiana, the one that I just came back from uh, a couple weeks ago. You know that that was yeah. that was a blast. We had a great time. You know there's there's a lot of good events. Uh, that are out mm-hmm. there now. The Heli Invasion in uh, Indiana, that was a good one. Heli Invasion in uh, Virginia, another great, great one. Basically, what what I think is a great event is just being laid back and, and having a great time. Um, yeah. Not trying to yeah. put too much stuff in, in one day. Um, like, yeah, flying helis, shoot the shit with your friends. Uh, you mentioned Urcha, and I kind of want to get your opinion on this. You know, there's, a little, there's some mutterings around. You hear them every now and again. You know, Urch is kind of, you know, and again, I've never been there. We plan on showing up next year, but Urch has kind of changed from, you know, a brotherhood of heli pilots getting together to more of a commercial event. Do you, do you agree with that? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that I do agree with that um, because all your friends are there. Um, it's, it's really your choice whether you want to go and mingle with your friends or turn it into a uh, – uh, a politic game, like a, like you're at the mall of tents, vendor tents, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, nobody's forcing you to go down vendor row. I mean, you know, that's that's kind of what I feel, and and I may be wrong, uh, but you well, know, I, you know, I I think those those mutterings are kind of generated towards uh, you know taking over the noon slot, the you know the the vendor uh, main demos right up front, and that kind of thing. When it comes right down to it, there's there's money to be made there, and it's certainly a place to showcase your products. And I don't necessarily think I have a problem with that. You know, you kind of hate to see something degradate down into, you know, something like a big giant commercial, and I get to yeah, fly sometimes you know? inside it. Yeah, don't right. want that. Sure, sure, yeah, that's that's totally understandable. But uh, you know, all the years I've been going, I haven't missed one since 1995, uh, when it was held in Hebron, Ohio. Um, every year just keeps getting better and better. You know, so maybe I'm not the right guy to ask um, <laughs> because I en- I enjoy Urcha. I've always enjoyed Urcha. Uh, for me, it's always fun to, to be at Urcha. It's a week of nothing but heli flying and, and hanging out with your best guys. So, so yeah. when you go out there, JC, do you, do, you, do you camp it up? Do you have a camper or do you get a hotel? Uh, no. When I was living in Indiana, I was only like 35 minutes from there. So oh, I, would, I would stay at home. This year was the first year that uh, – um, I ended up staying on site. So yeah, man, yeah. man, you keep you keep giving me reasons to not like you, dude. I swear <laughs> to God. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, was just my neighbor. I just go go over there. <laughs> it was yeah, it was nothing for me to to pack the car up and drive thirty five minutes and fly at the uh, you know nine thousand acres of nothing but the best flying field in the world. So right. Did you uh, did you Google the Avant girls? Did you get a chance to you know little? Squeeze? You know, I I wish I I had, but uh, I hadn't. So <laughs> no, I we. We didn't. We didn't exactly have enough time, really. Yeah, we got. We got to get some Gowie girls from across the pond. We we had Gowie girls this year, actually. Uh, at, 
the after hour party. Um, we had a couple there serving oh, drinks. Up so. at the VIP tent there. The, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, serving uh, champagne, I think, from Taiwan. So that was that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Can't beat that. Big up to Jack and those guys for coming up with that idea. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the 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 team is. Um, you know, it's not one man show um, with with Team Empire. Everybody collectively puts in their thoughts and it's a it's a total team effort well jc it sure has been a pleasure having you on absolutely man thanks for having me yeah it's uh you know uh, you're you're a good sport you're you're easy to joke around with and that's a good thing so uh you know good luck to you in the future and uh, thanks for having me on guys it's it's been fun jc we'll get back on some other time and then we'll uh we'll prank skype out austria Hey everybody, it's time for another 60 second tech tip. This one brought to you by AnythingHeli.com, your one-stop shop for AnythingHeli.com. Today's tech tip has to do with setting zero pitch. Uh, sometimes it's a little difficult, especially on a flybarless heli, to figure out where to use a reference to get zero pitch on your blades. One tip that I've used uh, that's actually quite helpful is to take the blades off the grips and uh, run and M3 or M4 sized um, driver down through the blade grip bolt hole. Um, by doing that, you can sight all the way down the main shaft. Longer is better because the longer that arm is, the more accuracy you have. But uh, you can use that to adjust your links so that at mid stick, you've got zero pitch on the blades and you know that's a good point of reference. That's this week's 60 second tech tip. Thanks for listening. So that was JC Zankel. Yes, it was JC Zankel. Yeah, dude, he's a he's a pretty cool guy, man. You know, I've I've I guess known him vicariously through the as well as you could know a guy just by meeting on the forums. You know what I mean? Um, I've known about him for some time. I've I've talked to him quite a bit, and you know, he's just an all around good guy. You know, I know that uh, you know he had mentioned the uh, that blade, the Gowie blade recall, right? Um, well, you know, I'm a Gowie field rep and stuff like that, and and this is before right before it got released. That there was a problem, he called me up on my personal cell phone. When you know, took it upon himself to find it. You know, Jack had it. Jack Burnside had it. Um, but got a hold of me, called me, and it's like, hey, you flying the 520s? I'm like, yeah. He's like, shelve them. You know, there's there's a problem with them or whatever. We're gonna scoop them all up, and bring them back. And so we had a nice long talk about that, and um, just kind of sh- shot the shit for a little while. And um, very approachable guy, you know. And I think that uh, you know, if you get the chance to be at a fun fly where he's at, man. You know, I know sometimes people just like, you know, when you go to like a concert or you're at the mall and you see a star there or something, you're all nervous. You don't want to go walk over there or whatever. It, You know, for the most part, I think just about any of these pro- people that we've talked to, most pro pilots, especially this guy, especially JC, just walk up and start shooting the shit, you know, go talk to him, you know, ask him questions, tell him what you're about, tell him how long you've been flying. All of us, whether you're a regular guy or a pro, all of us like to hear other people's stories. You know? Absolutely, and call him a warm weather dick. Yeah, right. Tell him, say, you warm weather chuz, <laughs> and he'll laugh at you, and then he'll say, that's right. <laughs> uh, yourself. That's what. I, <laughs> got a kind of a cool announcement. Our Sierra is going to help us out with. They want to do a 
Christmas giveaway. So they're going to put together a 450, what is it, a 450 Pro? Yeah, it's a 450 so, Pro, and it's going to be the Scorpion edition. And Scorpion is actually, I think, and you know, this has only been really in recent years here, maybe the last year or some change. Scorpion's really gotten to the whole rebrand market. A lot of vendors are doing that, you know, uh, Savox mm-hmm. with the Alliance servos and stuff like that, Scorpion. Uh, but anyway, this is a, uh, it's got a motor that has says Phoenix Tech across the side. A lot of the electronics say Phoenix Tech on them, but it's actually a Scorpion uh, motor, Scorpion uh, rebrand. It's a 2221 uh, 6, 4400 kV motor uh, that comes with it. The, uh, the helicopter is going to be a full on super combo. I have servos, uh, speed controller, motor, um, gyro, um, the whole nine yards, blades, carbon fiber blades, everything you need except a battery, you know, and a receiver. So this this contest is going to be run uh, much like the others. Uh, we did an interview with J.C. Zankel here, and it's going to be in this episode. What you'll need to do is go to the contest page. You'll see the link on the left-hand side of our page. It just says contest, and it'll pull up that page and just simply answer the question. And um, for those of you who haven't liked us yet on the Facebook page, to get to the page, you do have to like us, so, you know, a little shameless plug there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Poke our wall, and but, maybe you'll get an extra entry. Okay, no, you won't. That's right. I don't know why I want uh, to go poke our wall, Dan. I don't think we've had that many pokes, so what the heck. I don't, People are I don't slacking so. on the poking. You know, I'm, I kind of tell you, I'm kind of impressed with how quickly the Facebook page is kind of growing. A lot of guys, you know, it's a great way to communicate with us because we check it often. Yeah. We post little things on it every now and again, ask questions, stuff like that. So, you know, kind of pay attention to that. But anyway, this giveaway, uh, what we'll do is the show closest to Christmas, which will probably be 15, we will do the same thing we've always done. We'll try to get, uh, of course, being Christmas and all, we may not be able to get Simon. He may be too excited playing with his new toys, hard selling. But uh, anyway, mm-hmm. we'll do, we'll, we'll do the drawing. Knowing what one of the toys is that he's going to get. I'm sure he will be wanting to play it. Yeah. He's getting a PS3. Oh my gosh, no kidding. Well, he's five. A... He's five, so I'm actually I'm getting the PS3. But I was just gonna say, is that a is that a toy for for your son or is that a toy for yourself? Well, okay, here's how that panned out. Okay, my wife brought up the idea. You know, hey, what do you think about getting the kids a Wii? Okay, yeah, they may be kind of fun. You know, they're kind of cheap. We got a bunch of kid games and stuff like that, and um. Then we were talking about it. And we went and look. We were starting looking at stuff, and uh, my buddy had let me borrow his PS3 for about a week or so. And you know, after watching Tron and you know HDMI 1080i, and uh, mm-hmm. you know playing yeah. uh, games in HD and doing all this stuff on this PS3, I was like, I have to have one of these things. And I have a PS2 now, and I really like the PlayStation brand. And so that's always been in the back of my head. Well, we went out window shopping at these things the other day, and. Um, I put her on one of the Wii's and it was a bowling game and she couldn't make it bowl. She couldn't make it work right, you know, and I couldn't make it work right either. It could just been the display. And as we're there, I'm dropping these hints about why the PlayStation 3 would be good or even the Xbox with that whole uh, move controller or the, the eye, whatever that um, – what did they call it? The uh, Xbox Connect, the Connect thing or whatever. We don't need the controller. So we're looking at both of these things and and, and I keep saying, well, you know – but the PlayStation, you can play Blu-ray. We've been wanting to get a Blu-ray player. Now we don't have to spring for the extra couple hundred bucks for that, you know. And they got kid games. Look, there's a kid games. Oh, there's one. There's one. There's one. There's well, no, that's kind of one, but I'd buy it, 
you know, that, that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and so finally I convinced her that uh, we'll get a PS3. Simon's getting a PS3 that I'll most likely have most of the time on. But so mm-hmm. he may be too excited to, to draw from the hat. We'll see. Okay, well. Well, we'll get that drawn, and, and uh, that'll be released on the 26th. So good luck. Uh... Dude, I've already started to wear out the screw holes for this tail servo mount on this chaos. I'm taking mm. it on and off and on and off so many times. They're self-tappers, you know. Yeah, I've had to take well, it we... on and off a bunch of times. Now that oh fuck, I gotta put the wires in there. God damn it! Oh fiddly! I totally can relate to when you were building that dude's 450 for him. No, it sucks, doesn't it? Well, I thought my 200 was bad, but this is well, and, and this is a little better than the 200 was, but still, it's just fiddly. Mm-hmm. And that's why I still haven't finished that 450, and I've got three other 450s here that I haven't even touched. You haven't finished that dude's 450? No, I still haven't finished it, dude. Well, you know, after talking to Brian and those guys, um, I went ahead and uh, picked up uh, one of these Chaos 450 kits from over there at RC Aerodyne, and I am in the progress of putting it together now, and I'm going to win, dude. And I just started yesterday, I think. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Chaos Line, you may be pleasantly surprised. I'm kind of anxious to hear what Rob has to say about the 450 he's messing around with now. So Yeah. Um, Yeah. I actually plan on uh, really excited about this after the first of the year. After the holidays are over, I'm I'm going to I'm going to buy a pretty kick-ass. I don't know what yet, but it, uh, we're, we're, he's helping me out by kind of guiding me through the process of of what I'm looking at as far as build time, that kind of thing. Uh, you know how hard the build will be, uh, but I'm looking at getting a really big scale project, six or seven hundred size. 800 millimeter blades, multi-bladed head, that kind of thing. Nice. So. Dude, that'll be cool. That'll yeah, that'll be a nice long winter project. That'll so be really heliport for that. days, man. You're going to have to buy it just a digital camera just for that because you're going to burn it out. Yeah, you got to take lots of pictures of that, Dan. You know, there was this thread that was uh, out on HeliFreak for a little while by a HeliFreak user named, by the name of Pool Crack. And some of you guys might know about this thread. It was the Super Airwolf 500 size uh build that he was doing he called it the super airwolf and dude this thing was probably the coolest scale helicopter i've ever seen i've always liked airwolf and stuff you know but um so i'm a little bit biased i guess but this thing had everything you could think of i mean i mean the scale was like true to form to the real airwolf um the guy actually made uh his own uh i don't remember how what he called them but these little films uh, for uh, the dials and stuff on the on the console in the cockpit, so that you could shine light through them and they look like real dials. And I mean, they're, these things are tiny, like the size of stamps, you know. And he took the time mm-hmm. to get all of this done, and he built the console by hand, and it looks real. He's got the cockpit; it's got everything that you would want to have in a scale cockpit. Um, it's got retractable um, guns; they, they the wings they they pop out of the side and then drop down, uh, like Gatling guns and stuff like that. He put lasers on this thing. He put two uh, ducted fans in the helicopter as well to replicate the whole turbo boost that Airwolf has, um, and they work. You can fire them up while you're flying, I guess, and, well, of course, retracts. He's got a full uh, LED kit, and basically I watched this guy's build for, like, almost two years, and then he just disappeared out of nowhere. So hopefully you don't fall into the Bermuda Triangle he fell in at the end of a, a kick-ass scale build, but just definitely, dude, you got to you got to post up, man, because I, I want to see this thing as you're building it, man sure yeah definitely you know i've always wanted to do a a scale project and i kind of started one but uh 
you know, it was uh, kind of a low-dollar kit. It came with no instructions and all kinds of strange parts, and I kind of gave up on it. Ended up sending it back to the uh, to the shop that I got it from. But, um, <coughs> you know, oh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for sharing. How to get in touch with us? Well, you can get in touch with me at dankreed at msn.com or Dan, K, or Dan at rchelynation.com. Um, I'm pretty much on all the forums as Dan K. Reed. Uh, I've been getting quite a few PMs from guys. Uh, you know, we'd love to hear the kudos. But, you know, we also don't mind hearing, though, this is what I don't like about your show, you know, because we we want to make sure that we're doing what you guys like. So, you know, if just you tell think, Dan if uh, his breath smells so bad that you can smell it over your iPod. Just let him know, man. Or if we should wait till Rob's balls drop so his voice is a little better, then maybe we, you know, we yeah. should do that. That maybe. kind of thing. Yeah. Get my wife uh, to just to, really hard or something. Yeah. Just let us know. I mean, you know, don't be afraid to let us know what you think. How do I? Uh, how do I get in touch with you, Rob? Cave drawings. Cave drawings. Yes. And that seems pretty slow and inefficient. You know, chasing buffaloes and shooting them with bows and arrows. So, like, writing a whole story on a wall? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Through picture? And then you have to hire an archaeologist to interpret them, and then that guy will email me, and then I'll respond in kind. Okay. With my own case. That, that, that sounds like it should be a pretty pretty uh, easy process to go through. Yeah, I think by the time I get your, uh, your feedback, I'll, it'll be next year. <laughs> or you can just email me. Uh, that might work. Yeah. Rob at rchillynation.com. Uh, you can uh, catch me on Skype, uh, NextGenRC. Uh, same username uh, at YouTube and at uh, um, Twitter as well, NextGenRC. Uh, of course, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can link me right from our page on Facebook or just search for me, Rob Boyd, and um, poke me. Yeah, so uh, upcoming guests. Well, Bobby Watts will be coming on. Of course, you know Orlando Heli Blowout is uh, happening, so he's going to be busy with that over the next week. Uh, ext- uh, you know, We're going to have a little conversation with Burt Cameron next week. Look forward to that. A uh, big announcement from Burt Cameron. Um, it's, 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 it's just a medium-sized announcement. Oh, is it just a medium? Yeah. Okay. Petite. Doesn't get too Petite. Uh, Cliff from RC Aerodyne is going to be coming on to be talking about um, his scale applications and uh, you know the various mechanics available through RC Aerodyne. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got shrink wrap? Uh, yeah, I you do. Got some shrink wrap because when I Cliff do. comes on and starts talking about all that scale stuff. Before mm-hmm. he starts talking, put that on your desk and on your keyboard and stuff, so when you're drooling, you don't jack up all your electrons <laughs> just for one interview. I'd hate <laughs> no to get that. That in it because you got to pay for all that stuff. You can't buy that bird. So, no kidding, yeah. dude. That's crazy. We're gonna get in touch with uh, Andy from OptiPower, and we're gonna discuss. Uh, we're gonna try to get him on to discuss some nitro uh, fuel topics. You know, we did have him on a, a while ago. We talked about batteries, but you know, there's a lot of you guys out there like me that still love nitro. So, look forward to that. Well, that's and, where they uh, started their game was OptiFuel. You know, so I mean, that's kind of their forte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on on a side note, I am going to include in the show notes a picture of a plank. Now, I know we don't really do planks, but I, I stopped off to see a buddy of mine while I was, you know, kind of a – my friend and I went to pick up these alpacas. Well, the alpaca farm that it's like 300 miles away happened to be literally two blocks away from where my buddy lives, and I, I had no idea. So I'm, like, driving down the road. I'm like, wait a minute. That's, my buddy lives right there. 
So anyway, he had me pull into his house there, and he built this uh, carbon cub, and I'll put up a YouTube link as well. 168 inch wingspan. Dude, that thing is awesome, dude. You sent me that picture. That thing is huge. That guy's six feet tall. You said? Yeah, roughly six feet. He might be a little bit shorter than that, but he's about six feet tall. That bird is a behemoth. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's a plank, but it's a damn cool plank. So anyway, I'll get you guys uh, some links to that for those of you who would be interested in that. But uh, all right, guys, episode 12. I hope you enjoyed it, man. Uh, uh, look for episode 13 next week. Ah, uh, yes. See you later, dude. All right. I'd be beautiful. <laughs> those never get old. Bust the must knock. 